Welcome to the Edify Podcast, where we believe the path to success can be achieved by small and simple means. Do you have a property that is in rough condition, has tenant issues, or a project that never got finished? Then you need to contact Homelink Properties. This Springfield, Missouri-based company will give you a fair cash offer on your property, completely as is, the same day you reach out. If you're an investor, Homelink Properties can also put your house in front of hundreds of cash buyers so that you too can quickly sell your property. Give them a call today, 417-295-0723. On this episode of the Edify Podcast, we are going to hear from Jordan Tui, and I've shortened his last name because there's no way I'm going to be able to pronounce it. And he's going to share with us his business called the 5A Protocol, which is essentially small and simple methods to help us gain control of our health and fitness. He has studied economics at UCLA. He studied high-performance nutrition for energy and focus at National Academy of Sports Medicine, as well as the longevity and productivity at the same place. He's got a lot of credentials and he's helped high performers to be able to lose 20 pounds in 12 weeks. So without further ado, welcome Jordan. Thanks Jake for having me. Yeah, so we'll have to let the listeners know that uh, we had already done a full episode, but I forgot to record it. So. <laughs> uh, shoot, man, we talked a lot about a lot of different stuff. Let's just start from the beginning. Um, last time I asked about your story, but uh, let's just jump right into you created this business called the 5A Protocol. Tell us a little bit about that and why it should be important for somebody to know. Okay, yeah. So basically the 5A Protocol and, and kind of what we talked about previously was just how it developed over time from from me working as a master trainer at Gold's Gym and working with CEOs and executives. So I got kind of a close view on their life. And then I actually tried the finance industry for a while. So really got to see what the nine to five was. And then in that whole process, developed this. So basically the 5A protocol breaks down to five pillars. The first pillar is arrival. And Honestly, it's just like starting a business. you got to have clarity on what it is you want to accomplish. And what I always tell my clients is if you ever use Google Maps or Apple Maps, we won't debate which one you like better, you have to put in a destination before you can get any directions. And it's the same thing for your body. And until we're able to be clear on your starting position and where you want to end up, it doesn't really matter. The, the rest of the pillars don't mean much. So clear vision in the beginning. Then we get into pillar two, which is all about analytics and high performers motivated by numbers, right? You see a stock that's performing well, you're usually like, oh yeah, that's the one you're going to double down on your effort to make things happen. Um, and if you see one that's not performing as well, then you're a little more, you know, weary of continuing on there. And so for analytics purposes, it's important for my clients to understand how much fat loss specifically they should be expecting each week and finding the sweet spot between too much to where you can't sustain it and you burn out and too little to where it's not motivating and really just measuring your progress along the way to make sure that we get you to where you want to be. Okay, cool. So, and I know, I know we already broke this down when I didn't record earlier, but uh, yeah, so the okay. first, first, first one is arrival, which is essentially your vision, the direction you want to go and, and probably getting some specifics with that. Uh, I want to lose this much weight by this time, yada, yada, yada. 
the second mm -hmm. step is kind of getting that, uh, and I think we've talked about this too, is the baseline, those analytics, you need to know your body fat, you need to know how much you weigh, um, how much calories you're probably eating, like start tracking what you're eating to be able to know what changes need to be made. And then go into the, what's the third pillar? The third pillar is all about the action plan to be able to make that happen. So now we know where you are, where you want to go and how we're going to measure your progress along the way. Now we got to have a plan to make that happen. And there's kind of five things in this action plan. There's the workouts, which come down to the strength training and cardio. Then we have nutrition, which is eating, hydration, supplementation, and you know things that are going to help you perform at the highest level. We have sleep, because that's super important. Stress and recovery. Right. And, and sleep is pretty self-explanatory, but uh, there's a certain level of hours that you need, because even if you're doing the right workouts, the right nutrition and everything else is good. If your sleep isn't where it needs to be, you're not going to see the progress you need to. They, they ran a study on two different groups. They kept everything the same. And the group that slept, I think it was five hours or less compared to the group that slept eight hours or more. They lost the same amount of weight, but the group that slept five hours or less all came from muscle. <laughs> and so that's going to slow their metabolism and just make their ability to lose fat, look better, feel better, just so much more different, uh, so much more challenging. And then obviously stress, we talked about using things like meditation, mindfulness, creating a morning routine and um, recovery, which is just the mobility and flexibility you need from sitting a lot and all of the repetitive movements we do in our body that need to stretch out muscles that are working too much and strengthen muscles that aren't working enough to get us in better posture and promote longevity and good things like that. I love that. I actually kind of, we didn't talk about this last time, but I like to highlight the morning routine a little bit because I, I want to share my morning routine. And then I'd love to hear what your morning routine is because I'm a big fan of it. Uh, I told you cool. this earlier. If I don't do my morning routine, I, the, day, <laughs> the day sucks. I feel like crap and I don't feel like I've accomplished much. So my morning routine consists of going to the gym while I'm at the gym, I don't listen to music. I'm kind of weird. I'll listen to podcasts or audiobooks to, to try to do two birds in one stone, learn while I'm exercising. And then I'll come back and, you know, obviously I'll get ready, but then um, I will go right into prayer slash meditation. Um, and then I'll do some journaling. And then I will look at my goals that I have created for this year, the big, my big three goals. And then I'll look at the day and figure out what my priorities for that day are. And I'll do some affirmation stuff. Like I'll write down um, a couple affirmations and what my biggest priorities are about. And I write about, uh, I'll write the, th the three things I'm most excited about for that day. And then uh, the three things I'm most grateful for that day. And I actually use a planner called the Panda planner that, <laughs> that helps me with all this. But uh, so that's, that's what awesome. my morning routine looks like. Um, but I would love to hear your morning routine. Yeah. So, I mean, it starts off with um, and then this is kind of an option that I get for my clients, but it's basically like a PowerPoint presentation or a PDF document where I compile like a bunch of questions that are very empowering for me. Because if you start the day and you're constantly asking yourself, why am I so tired? Why do I not want to be up today? <laughs> I don't feel like, why don't I feel like going to work? You know, why it's so cold? You're putting yourself in a state to where you're just not going to accomplish much. And so empowering questions are like, what am I most grateful for today, right? Something that you do. And then I have different images that kind of make me feel those emotions beyond just uh, asking myself the question. I try to think of recent experiences that like, I'm really grateful for. Like, for instance, my son, 
he's uh, just started crawling and just watching him crawl is just exciting to me. It makes me feel really grateful that he can move, that he's hitting his milestones and um, see my wife healthy, you know, after going through pregnancy and everything makes me feel very grateful. So I have images like that. Also talk about what am I most excited about or most proud about um, and kind of frame my mind in that way. And then I drive to the gym and before my gym opens, because um, it opens at six and I'm up before that, I'll sit in my car for 10 minutes and just meditate using, I like Headspace, that app. I don't yeah. know if you've used it before, Yep. but uh, just focusing on my breathing and taking a moment to like, I almost feel like it cleanses my brain from the busyness of thoughts that are going through it. Then I'll go do my morning workout routine and I'll uh, head home. I always spend a few hours of family time in the morning um, before I start my, my work day. And then I'll do some type of scripture study and prayer and planning. And then I get into my day. Oh, so love that's kind of what the morning routine looks like. Love it. I had to go off on that tangent. So, so let's go back that's to cool. the pillars. So we have, we have arrival, yep. which is your vision. We have two of the analytics, which is almost your baseline of where you're at and, and your measurements, uh, three action plan, which covers a, f- a few different categories. Um, We've got workout, we've got sleep, nutrition, recovery, stress, and then, and I'm assuming you create individual plans for each of those uh, topics with your clients. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, because okay. it comes into, I mean, so like I use the, the latest in scientific research to develop those things, right? So there's like some level of templated plans because, you know, if I made the best plan with science research and made another plan you know, by definition, it would be worse. <laughs> it would be worse. And so it's got to keep a lot of the framework the same. But when we get into pillar four, which is about the adherence, and that's, it's about how, like, you could have the perfect plan, but if you can't follow it, it doesn't do much. But then that's where it becomes a lot more personalized. So that's basically where we look at the person's schedule. Because if you have 15 minutes, you got to approach it very different than if you have 45 minutes or 60 minutes. If you have three days to work out, very different than if you have five or six or seven days. And all those things need to be taken into account. Same thing with preparing foods. If you're always on the run, you need a level of fast food strategy or like how to approach eating out versus someone who can always meal prep their meals or whatever works best for their life. So pillar four is where it starts to become a lot more personalized um, to that specific client's schedule and preferences. I think this goes a lot with, um, there's a lot of popular diets out there (laughs) and I think they all are good essentially because most of them are essentially, I think in a calorie deficit and that's obviously that's how you're going to lose weight. That's, I think the, the base for most every diet. Um, True. And I think it, it comes down to pillar four, which one are you going to adhere to? <laughs> so, uh, okay. Cool. So fourth, fourth pillar. And then the fifth pillar. The fifth pillar is a combination of two things. It's appreciation slash ascension. So, High performers, we are hard on ourselves, right? We're always focusing on all the things we need to do, on all the ways we can improve. And while that can be motivating, if it gets to a certain threshold, then it starts to almost do the opposite of what we want it to do. And so appreciation is about building in a framework where they're recognizing the victories they have. They're recognizing the things they're grateful for in their body. They're recognizing the increased energy they have and how it's affecting their family and relationships and by just developing that level of mindset, it just helps them be a lot more consistent because their mind starts to associate more and more pleasure with this health change that they're going through and not just the pain of the workout or the time 
that's required or whatever it might be. And then Ascension is just what's next. Like, yeah, the, the starting point usually is 12 weeks for the 5A protocol, but then what's next after that? And we talk about level two or legacy or some of the other things that the 5A protocol leads them into. I can imagine this part can be sometimes difficult because I think about myself. Uh, I, I, people, and I know people say not to do this, but every morning part of my routine, I will weigh myself. And I know that weight fluctuates depending upon how you ate, depending on how much water you <laughs> took in, like, are you retaining sure. water? And so it fluctuates like crazy, but I always weigh myself. Uh, I think just in the habit to kind of mentally check myself, like, okay, Hey, where are you at? You know, uh, even yeah. though I know it fluctuates, uh, but that could be, um, that could be a pretty <laughs> that could be pretty devastating in a way if you're always like seeing high weights um, because of that fluctuation. Yeah, 100%. You got to kind of know what, uh, how the person is going to respond. You know, some, some high performers, they are like, oh my gosh, it's not moving. And they'll just push harder, be more dedicated. It motivates them. And others, they're like, this thing isn't working. I'm out. And <laughs> you got to find who's who. And, and basically the ones that are, more uh you know this isn't working then i got to give them extra attention and say yeah weight is just one part of the picture how have your measurements changed how's your progress photos differently how is your uh how much strength are you gaining in the gym where's your energy level at and all of those things start to give us a full picture of what's actually happening and then they're like holy smokes my weight say the same i lost six percent body fat you're like yeah you know what that means it means you put on muscle in replacement of that fat. And that's why you're at the same weight. You're going through recomposition, you know, just like giving them that framework, uh, you know, staying stable. So that's uh, <laughs> by the person figuring out what works for them. That's awesome. So your business is called the five, a protocol, which we now know why you've got five different pillars that help people uh, sp specifically high performers is what you seem to work with um, achieve success. I know that you kind of have this promise of high performers losing 20 pounds in 12 weeks. Um, can you tell us a little bit about your program, the results you've had and uh, how rewarding that's been for you? Yeah. So, I mean, just recently just had three more clients. One of them in the mortgage industry has a family, another one entrepreneur has a family and the third one owns a film production company. Um, he's actually a single guy, but uh, they all have very different schedules, very time intensive um, schedules and what was keeping them from being successful was just not having that kind of personalized approach. And so then when they would kind of pick up a diet like keto, they find themselves at a business dinner, fall off, hey, this thing, you know, it's not working. Or they lose a little weight in the beginning and then gain it all back afterward. Or they don't have hours to spend in the gym or hours in the kitchen. And so this doesn't work for them. So by giving them time efficient solutions and helping them see continued progress, all of a sudden these guys are doubling down on their efforts. <laughs> They're becoming more and more consistent. And all three of them actually started all around the same time. They're like week 11 down 18 pounds, you know, all at the same time. And it just, you know, adds more credibility. Like, yeah, the fire protocol works if it, uh, you can stick to it. That's awesome. And I know we talked about when we first recorded this and it didn't, well, we didn't record it. Uh, I'm thinking about doing your program and then maybe we'll do a later podcast to talk about the results. And then this way will keep me accountable, uh, but also <laughs> add validity to, to your, your promise here. So uh, after Definitely. the podcast, we'll talk about that and maybe we'll get, we'll get set up on that and, and do a future episode. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. 
So will your 5A protocol, I know it's more targeting um, high performers. Will these same methods work? I'm assuming they'll work well for just the average Joe as well. Yeah, they definitely can. I mean, the it's built with a high performer mindset and, you know, the high performers mind kind of as I was building it. But I mean, it, it definitely will work. The principles are the same uh, if that person is ready to be consistent and take kind of a systematic approach to it. You know, they really need to just start off by figuring out um, what they want, right? Like we talked about this again before, but like when you start a new year's goal, I ask so many people like, okay, so what are your health goals for new year's? And a lot of times they're like, lose weight. Like, okay, like you lost a pound, you're done. <laughs> you know, you lost half a pound, you're done. So I'm sure that's not what you mean, but by giving it such a general idea, you're not giving yourself a chance to be successful. So you gotta have clarity on what it is you wanna accomplish and making sure that it's specific and measurable and you have a level of timeline on it. Otherwise, you know, lose weight in 20, in 2021, you know, you, you lost a pound month one, you're done. You can gain 10 pounds the rest of the year. Cause it just, it's not, it's not as specific enough. Yeah. And I talked about this before too, is uh, what I like to do with goal setting is I'll make it super specific. Uh, so for example, uh, I actually have one right now, which is to weigh 215 pounds by June 30th. So it's really specific. Um, but I like mm-hmm. to attach a why to it because, you know, whatever, whatever it is that is motivating you, um, you know, even if it's so super surface level, like mine could be, you know, because I want to take off my shirt and, you know, have heads turn, you know, whatever, whatever, or it's energy for the kids. But uh, I, I love attaching a, a because to it. So definitely if you were to give some advice to somebody that's maybe new or just starting out with their fitness venture or or health goals, what are some practical, small and simple things that they can start doing today that will help them achieve the the, uh, success they're wanting to achieve? Yeah. So the first one is what we just mentioned, which is get clarity on what it is you actually want to accomplish and make sure it's very specific and it really lines up with what, where you want to be. Once you have that, then you want to figure out your baseline and we could just start off with something simple like food. So what I have my clients do in the beginning is start to log in their food in an app, maybe something like my fitness pal. Um, they don't want to do that. Then I'll let them take pictures and send it to me of everything that they eat in a day, but they got to become aware of the calories that they're intaking and where their protein levels are. That's where we start. You'll, you might be surprised at like how enlightening it can be when you go to your normal fast food place or even have something like a three peanut butter and jelly sandwiches that you think are, you know, this healthy snack that you grew up with. And you're like, holy smokes, that was a thousand calories with only 20 grams of protein. And, you know, I'm nowhere near my goal and I'm still hungry. You know, that is such a mind opening experience that you start to make you know, connections with, wow, I need to make some changes here. And that kind of leads to step three. So now you know what you want, your vision, clarity, finding your baseline specifically with food. And then three is like identify your biggest, we call it nutrition liability to begin with and address that first. So typically it's how often are you eating fast food? Um, You know, what's that big meal that's adding tons and tons of calories. And I would just say, start by cutting it in half. So 
going out to the fast food five times per week, cut it down to two times per week, or the meal you're getting, find another alternative that cuts the calories in half and you'll start to make progress. And then that will motivate you to get into step four, which is to find a process, program, coach, something that you can trust um, that's gonna work for you. It doesn't have to be me, but find someone um, that's uh, gonna work for the system you need to be successful. Perfect. So, so I guess you have a plan to plan to, or plan to fail. <laughs> you got it. It's always about the plan. <laughs> got it. Love it. Um, if you were to give some, just also some practical advice for nutrition, because I think most people, well, maybe in my, at least in my case, um, I always have struggled with the nutrition side, going to the gym is super easy for me. What are some simple steps or things people can, I know you kind of already mentioned them, like one's probably tracking, tracking your calories, but what are some steps people can start doing to kind of get control of their eating habits? I, I think it starts with how we frame the questions that we're asking ourselves in our mind. So if you always ask yourself, why is dieting so hard? Why can't I eat any of the foods I love, <laughs> you know, or any variation of those, then of course it's going to be challenging, painful. And, you know, all we want to do as humans is avoid pain and gain pleasure. And so you're setting yourself up for kind of failure in that part. So I would just ask a different question, such as how can I lose, for instance, 10 pounds in the most enjoyable, simple way. And let your, let your brain, let your brain work. All of a sudden you'll be like, you know what? I guess I don't need to eat fast food every day. I'm probably good with just once, once per week, as long as I can still have that one day. Okay. And you're like, you know what? I guess I don't need to stop at Starbucks for a bagel or in coffee every single day. Maybe and I heard eggs are pretty good for me. I could have eggs a couple of times, right? All of a sudden you start to make these changes and it's in an enjoyable, simple way. So it starts to become way more sustainable instead of just, you know, grabbing some generic plan online. Like, all right, I hate oatmeal, but it says eat oatmeal. So I'm doing a half a cup and it says no brown sugar and this tastes terrible, but I'm going to try it. And then at the end of one week or two weeks, you're burned out and <laughs> starting exactly where you were sometimes worse because now you've just lost even more motivation to make it happen. So just reframe those questions and ask yourself, how can you make this enjoyable? How can you make it simple? And bam, your brain will come up with some good stuff. I love that question. And we talked about this earlier, it, just because it really, it, it's a paradigm shift. Instead of saying, why can't I get this? Or how come I'm not able to do this? Instead of ask, how can I, how can I, it just really changes everything. Uh, especially, I mean, we're talking fitness here, but I mean, even in finances or businesses, just how can I accomplish such and such? It, it's, it's yeah. great. And we, we, you know, people should read the compound effect. I know I talked about it earlier, so I won't highlight it this time, but it's a great book and, and it goes into details on some of this. Um, Definitely. So go, going back to a question we asked before, if you could, talk to the high school aged you, <laughs> what is some advice you'd give yourself um, or something you would do differently? Yeah, and we talk, aside from punching my high school <laughs> self in the face for maybe not being the kind of person I wanted to be, probably the biggest thing that I would have told him is just, you know, don't be afraid of failing. Don't be afraid of rejection. And we hear it all the time, but the, the new belief I would want him to have is just, uh, just because you failed in the past does not mean you're going to fail in the future. If you learn from the past 
and adjust your approach. Your future can be completely different. Even if you just did it one minute, one minute ago, the past does not determine the future if you can learn from the past. And I think with that mindset, I would have taken more risk, taken more chances, not been as afraid of rejection. I just would have went for it because at the end of the day, if I could have sat down and I always ask myself this, if something doesn't go according to my plan, I ask, what is more valuable from this? What am I getting from this that's more valuable than if it went according to my plan? And then all of a sudden I'll be like, holy smokes, that was actually way more valuable and it's going to save me way more, you know, time or energy or even help me make you know, more financially than if it would have went according to my plan initially. And then I'd start to become less and less afraid to take chances and go for it and just start taking action. I, I love that advice because I think there's two choices. We can either choose to sacrifice time and effort. Um, and of course, we're going to some we're going to fail, but that's okay. Just continue to put in time and effort. You can either sacrifice that or you can sacrifice your dreams. And it's really it's up to you. So I love, I love that advice. Definitely. The final three. Uh, the first question is most recent book you've read and one thing you've learned from it. So I've read quite a few books recently, but the one that kind of comes to my mind is actually more of a tape program and it's called Personal Power by Tony Robbins. And one of the things that he talks about in there is just that everything we do is motivated by a desire to avoid pain and get pleasure. And so even the negative things I've been trying to break, the negative habits I have <laughs> that I don't like, they are giving me some level of pleasure and help me avoid some level of pain. And so what I've kind of learned from it is to just sit down and try to figure out what am I getting from this? What is it keeping me from? Like what pain is it keeping me from? So that I can actually work through the problem instead of just trying to focus on all these surface level solutions, like, mm -hmm. you know, set up my environment mm -hmm. totally differently. You know, this is like a deeper understanding. I think that, that's made a pretty big difference uh, for me overall, just realizing that even the <laughs> negative habits I hate in myself, uh, they're actually giving me some level of pleasure and helping me avoid some pain. Yeah, that, that probably, that process probably helps you become more intentional and in, instead of so reactive. So, uh, awesome. Definitely, yeah. Question number two, what is one principle you strive to live your life by? Don't define mm. yourselves by your failures. Don't define yourself by your mistakes. The future, and I, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but the future can be so different from what just happened one second ago. If you just learn from it and adjust your approach and then try again and learn from it and adjust your approach and try again. And you just kind of repeat that process until you get to where you want to be. I think a funny analogy is like, how long would you give your baby to try to learn how to walk before you told them to give up <laughs> before you're like, you're not meant to walk, just crawl all your life. And people will go, you're crazy. My baby's going to keep trying until he can walk. And that's the magic formula. You just, yeah keep going and keep learning and eventually you get to where you want to be whatever your dream is as long as you don't just give up on it awesome thank you and then the last question is is what is one of the greatest pieces of advices you've been given get comfortable being uncomfortable my dad would tell me that all the time i think it might be attributed to david goggins i'm not sure <laughs> i think you mentioned that last time but yeah. uh he, he would tell me that you know in sports when you know, we're playing a difficult team 
uh, going through hours and hours of practice or conditioning in the gym when we'd be lifting together and just in life, you would just always say, get there. And so whenever I know I'm uncomfortable, I know I'm probably on the right track. And then once I start to become comfortable in it, I know I need to stretch so that I can get uncomfortable again. Otherwise I'm not growing. And if I'm not growing, then probably dying. <laughs> yeah. Probably going the opposite direction. 100% agree with that. Um, so where can people find more about you, Jordan? So we have a Facebook group and Jake's actually in it. It's called the High Performer Fitness Advantage. And we'll link it below. Uh, you can find me, Jordan Tuimalunga. Don't worry about trying to type the whole last name. We'll link it below. That's on Facebook. And then Coach Jordan that Tui Malunga, same thing on Instagram. Those are some good places to find me. Okay, perfect. Thanks, man, for coming on the podcast. I appreciate it.